0: Welcome to Yesterday Today, presenting you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm your host, McLean Westbrook, and with me in the studio, as always, is the esteemed Jake Westbrook. The esteemed Jake Westbrook? Sure, you're you're esteemed. Okay, I'm esteemed, I guess. Alright, that's good to know. Yes, sir. Anyway, we are in the mists of the current season on the show today. The atmosphere in the air is palpable. Yes, fall is a wonderful time of year, and Thanksgiving, it's right around the corner. Oh, not that season, Jake. I'm talking about election season.
1: Oh, right, 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 election season. Yeah, that time of year when... Hey, I'm here, too. You guys didn't introduce me. I'm here. I'm here. Sydney, Sydney, back off of the microphone. Just sweep the floor like you're supposed to, okay? What do you mean, just sweep the floor? If I didn't just sweep the floor, who would? Could you imagine the dust bunnies that would be piling up around here? I don't see you two picking up a broom. Okay, fine, fine. Whatever makes you happy. Here's the equally esteemed Sydney. Hi. Yeah, okay. Now, can you go back to sweeping the floor? Thanks. Hello? Sydney, are you in here? Oh, Maisie, light of my life, apple of my eye, fairest of fair maidens. (laughs)
2: Please, Sid, they can hear us.
0: Oh, don't mind us. Yeah, we're just trying to do a radio show, that's all. It's not like you're interfering or anything.
1: What are you doing here, anyway? I just called my mom on the phone. She wants to meet you. Your mom? But isn't she all the way out in New Jersey? We're
2: taking the train out there for Thanksgiving next week. The three of us. You, me, and Pops.
1: Oh, um, okay. Uh, I guess I'll have to put aside my crippling fear of rail-based transportation, though. Uh... Ah, you're silly. Anyway, Pops doesn't know about it yet. I'll have to break the news to him gently. Gently? Why?
2: The two people he dislikes most in the world are my mom and you. Mom's a lost cause, but
3: I'm still trying to sell him on you. (laughs)
1: That's my girl, representing the Snorthoff brand. Anyways, I'll call you later. I have to go find a new suitcase for the trip. Okay, I'll walk you out to your car.
0: Anyways, as we were in the middle of saying, it's election season, and that means that we are... Huggy ho, huggy ho, huggy ho. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, hate to interrupt the
4: show. Me really do. Oh, Mondo, Chief, this would better be good. Oh, 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 it's better than good. You is looking at the next big candidate for this election. What? Me is throwing me hat into the ring. Mondo is running.
0: Mondo is in the race. Mondo, n- not to be mean, but I don't think you have a very good chance of being elected. Uh, I think there are you know there's other more qualified candidates in the race
1: yeah also the elections in 3 days and uh you haven't you haven't registered or campaigned or literally anything so Oh,
4: none, none of that matters. None of that matters. It's all about the right in vote. You got to get enough people behind your campaign and, and they will carry you to victory on, on a sea of democracy. The, the Democracy is like an like ocean full of, of waves. And the waves come in and the waves go out and they're blue and they're red. That's about all we know about democracy. But me pretty sure that this is going to go well for me. We just need a campaign manager.
1: Oh, that Maisie. What a girl. Oh, hey, Mondo. What are you doing here?
4: Ho, <laughs> This is perfect. Sidney, what is do you know about political things?
1: Uh, I went for class president once. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I promised everyone I'd get free ice cream in the cafeteria, but once I got elected, it uh, turns out the, the, the economics of that is a lot more complicated than I thought it would be. There were riots, I tell you. Oh, well,
4: you as sound like an experienced politician. So, so you you as me campaign manager now. What are you running for? Me not entirely sure yet. But me assured that if me get enough people to write me in, me will have to win something. Something that's sounds about it.
1: Oh, sounds good to me. We can make my broom closet campaign headquarters. Come on, let's let's go strategize.
4: Oh, me like that word. It sounds so official.
1: Strategize. <laughs> yeah, great. Now that we know the future of our country is in safe hands, let's get back to the show. Today we have election-themed episodes of Old Time Radio, and we're starting off with The Great Gildersleeve and his uh, election day bet. So here it is.
5: <laughs>
6: Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs>
6: Now, on the Summerfield in the Great Gildersleeve. Like every other town in the land, Summerfield finds itself on the eve of a national election.
5: Fight! Fight! Fight!
6: Well, so it goes. <laughs> but the hottest discussion in Summerfield seems to be over the campaign for mayor. So let's drop into the office of the newly reappointed water commissioner and listen in. Don't make me laugh, Judge. Don't make me laugh. To Williger may be no rose, but
7: whoever heard of Welch? Welsh doesn't stand a chance.
8: There, I must beg leave to differ. Art Welsh will be elected mayor of Summerfield on Tuesday next.
7: Art Welsh will be the forgotten man on Tuesday next.
8: Welsh will be elected mayor. You said that before. I say it again. <laughs>
7: Judge, put up or shut up. I'll make you conservative bet of $1,000 that Welsh doesn't come within a mile of being elected.
8: I'll bet you $5,000 that he wins with a plurality of over $800. I'll bet you a million he doesn't. I'll bet you $5 million he doesn't. I'll bet you $10 million he doesn't. Well, now you're just talking like a fool. All right. Is it a bet? Yeah, it's a bet. $10 million? $10 million.
7: <laughs> Look, Judge, if you want to bet, let's bet. $0.50? <laughs> I never bet money on elections. You're afraid? It's against my principles. Judge, if Cyrus P. Terwilliger is not re-elected mayor of this town on Tuesday next, I will personally push a peanut up the middle of Market Street with my nose.
8: My friend, you've got a
5: bet.
7: Uh, make it State Street. Market Street's got cobblestones. <laughs>
9: Miss Marjorie, your uncle's home. Ain't nothing wrong, isn't it, Kelsey?
7: Wrong? No, why? I just knocked off early because there's nothing being accomplished down at my office. Nothing but a lot of political discussion, and I'm sick of it.
9: Sure is a lot of that. I had it out with the milkman, the ice man, the garbage man, the man that just got lost. Uncle
2: Morris. Well, my dear? You didn't get fired again.
7: Certainly not. Why do you ask?
2: Well, you're home so early. Leroy isn't even home yet.
7: I came home because I thought I'd take the afternoon off if nobody minds, Besides, with this darn election, I can't seem to keep my mind on my work anyway. Uh, what's for dinner, Bertie?
9: Well, dinner ain't for several hours yet.
7: I know. I merely asked.
9: Well, sir, I thought we might have a little lamb this evening.
7: We had a little lamb last night, Bertie.
9: <laughs> yes, sir, but this is a return engagement.
7: Yes, uh, <laughs> sir.
5: I
9: hope
2: you don't mind.
7: No, lamb is good. I merely mentioned it.
2: Hi. Hi, Leroy.
9: Leroy,
7: aren't you home well, or...
2: what happened? Did you get fired again? Fired? Let me make
7: it clear to everybody once and for all, I did not get fired today or any other time. Is that clear? Yes, sir. The only time I got fired, I resigned.
2: Uh, Mr. Gillespie, who are you going to vote for?
7: Bertie, I'm casting my ballot for Cyrus P. Terwilliger.
2: After he fired you out of the water department?
7: A good citizen, my dear, puts his choice for public office above personal considerations. Besides, Terwilliger is also the man who gave me my job back. Let's not be forgetting that.
3: Yeah, Uncle's right. You've got to figure all the angles. He's working for Terwilliger now, so he's got to vote the way he's told.
7: That has nothing whatever to do with it.
5: Are you kidding?
7: <laughs> I am beholden to no man, Leroy. I arrived at this decision as the result of mature consideration and unbiased judgment. Well, I did.
2: How is Judge Hooker voting?
7: The judge is a big sorehead. He votes like a sorehead. Forgive and forget. That's my motto.
2: Oh, Mr. Gillsleeve, you hadn't ought to vote for that man. Bertie's right. I'm surprised at you, Uncle Mort.
7: Who are you to be surprised at me, young lady? I'll ask you to remember I'm your uncle. If anybody's going to be surprised around here, I'll be surprised.
2: Well, I don't care. Francie's father says Mayor Terwilliger is no good. That's right. He's no good. And if you don't believe it, ask the ice Man. <laughs> <laughs> Francie's father says Mayor Terwilliger is a disgrace to Summerfield.
7: I don't care what Francie's father says.
2: He says he wouldn't vote for Terwilliger if he was the last man on earth.
7: Well, I wouldn't vote for Francie's father, so there. E hey, gods, can't a man have any peace around here? I come home early from the office because I can't stand all the politics, and what do I get? By George, I'm going out. Bertie, what time is dinner?
9: Well, I thought if you didn't mind, Mr. Gilsey, I got a meeting of my club tonight. And, oh? Uh, we were going to sort of run over the candidates and the issues, oh, so... Oh, my goodness. I thought if you didn't mind, we'd have dinner a little early, around 6 o'clock.
7: 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Don't mind me. Maybe I'll be back and maybe I won't. <laughs> Oh.
10: Hi, Commissioner.
7: Huh? Oh, hello, Floyd. Where are you tearing off to? Nowhere, Floyd. Just trying to get a little peace and quiet.
10: Well, come on in here. I'll
7: give you a hot towel. Well, hot towel sounds good. You'll promise not to sell me any politics along
10: with it. Uh, Don't worry. Here, let me have your coat. Okay. There. Climb right up in the chair and lay down, Commissioner. Thank you.
7: (sighs) This wouldn't be a bad place to spend the day.
10: Well, suit yourself. We can start at the top of the price list and give you the works. Just a hot towel, Floyd. But keep it nonpartisan. That's me. I'm going to vote for Artie Welch, but I'll be quiet about it. Oh, the moonlight's fair tonight along the Wabash. Uh, it, Floyd. Why Artie Welch? Thought you wanted to stay off that subject.
7: Well, I do. But when I see a man planning to vote wrong, uh, Artie, a customer of yours? Nope. Gets his hair cut over on State Street.
10: Well, then I should think you'd vote for Terwilliger. Why don't you? Terwilliger don't tip. Terwilliger. (laughs) Floyd, that's no way to analyze public issues. Issues? That's something else again. When it comes to foreign policy, I'm a regular H.V. Cottonborn. Well, I'll get that on the radio.
7: I don't see how you figure that a man like Welch is qualified to be mayor of this town. Terwilliger is a real administrator.
10: Mr. Gildersleeve, if I was Terwilliger's water commissioner, I'd say the same. That has nothing to do with it. Welch just doesn't measure up, that's all. How do you decide on a candidate, anyway, Floyd? Just flip a coin? Now, Mister Gildersleeve, I'm a pretty conscientious citizen. I got my own system of picking candidates, and it's a pretty good one. Yeah, what is it? Well, it involves
7: the wife, Mister Gildersleeve. Well, that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's fine. Good idea for a man and his wife to talk these things over.
10: I guess you never met Missus Munson, did
7: you? Well, uh, no, I never did.
0: Why?
10: Well, I don't like to knock her. She's okay as women go. I never had any regrets, particularly. <laughs> course, once in a while she might pass a remark that's a little uncalled for, but then I'm no angel. She knows that, too. What's all this got to do with voting? Oh, I'm coming to that. Like I say, the babe is okay most ways, keeps the house clean, she don't throw money around, and she's a fair cook, if you like everything fried.
5: <laughs> but
10: on politics, brother, they never should have given her the ballot. And why do you consult with her about your vote? I don't. I just ask her how she's going to vote, and I vote the opposite. <laughs> Lloyd, you're a political ignoramus. I ain't dumb enough to vote for Toeliga. Oh, let me out of here! I thought you wanted the hot. Let t- me out of here! Ye gods, can't I go any place without having politics shoved down my throat? Oh.
7: Peavy, you're a reasonable man.
11: I try to be.
7: Let me sit here. Let me sit here and get a little peace and quiet, will you? Certainly. Any uh,
11: trouble at home that goes through?
7: Well, not exactly, Peavy. I was driven out of my house by a political argument, if you must know. I'm looking for a place where people don't argue with me about who's going to beat whose brains out tomorrow.
11: Well, you're very welcome. Hello. <laughs>
7: Thank goodness for one man that doesn't give a hoot about politics.
11: No, no, I wouldn't say that.
5: <laughs>
11: I've got my opinions, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, well, just keep your opinions to yourself. Oh, I do. I believe in the secret ballot. Well, it's a great
7: institution, the secret ballot, Peavy. Keystone of democracy. Uh, you voting for Twilliger, Peavy?
11: Twilliger's an excellent man.
7: You wouldn't vote for Welch, though, would you?
11: He's an excellent man.
7: Williger is a fine administrator, though, Peavy. I like the fellows back of him, too. But who's back of Welch?
11: Well, I hear he has some very fine people supporting him.
7: Confound it, Peavy. To hear you talk, I'm beginning to think you're for Welch.
11: Well, no, I wouldn't say that.
5: You're for Tewilliger.
7: Well, I wouldn't say that either. There's only two people running for mayor, Peavy. Who are you for?
11: And for the secret ballot. Mm -hmm.
7: (laughs) How can we discuss this sensibly if you won't tell me who you're for?
11: Well, I prefer to listen to arguments for both
7: candidates, Mr. Gildersleeve. So does Mrs. Peavy. Well, there aren't any arguments for Welsh, Peavy. People who vote for Welsh are simply voting from blind prejudice.
11: Well, that's no argument, Mr. Gildersleeve.
7: Terwilliger is a fine man. He has a fine record. He's been a public servant for 20 years. I'm very happy to endorse him personally.
11: Coming from a water commissioner, that's no argument either.
7: I resent that. <laughs> Terwilliger has at no time attempted to influence my vote. What honesty. Why, that's an argument in itself.
11: You think so? Well,
7: here, Judge Hooker. Yeah, uh, political spy. What are you doing in here, you old goat?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
8: what are you doing? Trying to get Phoebe to vote for your friend Terwilliger?
11: We were discussing the situation pro and kind.
8: Well, Peetie, I'll give you the lowdown. Mr. Gildersleeve made a bet with me. If Terwilliger loses, Gildy's got to push a peanut up State Street with his nose.
11: Well, now, that's something I'd like to see. Maybe I'll vote for Mr. Wells. <laughs> oh! <phew!
8: laughs> okay, you are an unscrupulous campaigner?
5: <laughs>
8: Don't forget, Gildy, all's fair
5: in love and politics. Uh-huh.
12: Martin.
7: Let me in, Eve. Let me in. They're after me.
12: Oh, I don't see any... There. Well, who's after you?
7: <laughs> Nobody. Joke.
12: Oh, Rock, Morton, you fool.
5: <laughs>
12: <laughs>
7: what you doing, Eve?
12: Oh, nothing, really. I just got home, and I built a fire, and I was going to make some tea, and just relax. Will you come in?
7: Well, if you insist. Uh, a crackling fire.
12: Mm-hmm. Do you want to sit there? Well, and ask I know. To... Uh,
7: let's pull the sofa over, huh? Let's pull it up in front of the fire so we can. That's uh...
12: not a sofa, Throckmorton. <coughs> it's a love seat.
7: Who am I to argue? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll do that, Eve. Let me.
12: Oh, you can't handle it all alone.
7: No, you watch me. Nothing but a little. Uh, nothing but a little love seat. <laughs> uh.
12: You're wonderful. Now you sit down and enjoy the fire while I go and. Eve. I'll be right back. I'm just going to make the tea.
7: Oh, forget the tea.
12: Well, if you don't want it.
7: That's the girl. Sit down.
5: <sighs> hmm. <laughs>
12: it's nice here, isn't it? Nice. Now, Throckmorton.
5: Morton. <laughs> I seem to
12: have to keep reminding you we're not engaged anymore.
7: Well, there's no harm in holding a girl's hand, is there? Just a friendly gesture. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't it? Not a thing.
12: Very well, then. We agreed you remember that all that was over and done with.
7: Over and done with. Seriously, Eve, you don't know what it means to me to be able to come here this afternoon and spend a few quiet moments with you. Far from the madding crowd, far from strife and strain... A man needs that. I know. A man needs a place he can come to, a refuge. It's so nice and quiet here. So warm. So friendly. And you're so understanding. No, All
5: right. right, we'll just hold. On.
7: <laughs> Maybe later, though, huh? A little kiss,
12: if I'm good. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You know what I like to do. <clears throat> I like to sit here in the afternoon with the radio on and listen to good music, only there's so little good music on the radio these days, nothing but politics.
7: Yeah, that's all you hear any place.
12: by the way, Throckmorton, I haven't asked you how are you voting?
7: <laughs> <laughs> now Eve, I didn't come here to talk politics.
12: but how are you voting? I'd like to know.
7: Well, I'm voting for Twilliger for mayor, Apted for Congress. So we'll... Lynch...
12: Terwilliger, you're voting for Terwilliger. Well, I... Let go of my hand, Throckmorton. Oh, but Eve... Let go!
7: Well, gosh, if it means so much to Eve, I'll vote for Welsh. Only don't spoil everything. I it... will
12: not hold hands with a man whose political principles mean no more to him than that. Let go!
7: Oh, nuts. There goes the whole darn afternoon.
5: E gods, I wish this election were over! <laughs>
6: Greg Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a few seconds. And uh, speaking of seconds, everybody at your dinner table will pass their plates for seconds when you serve the new Kraft Dinner. I mean the new Kraft Dinner. Delicious macaroni and cheese. Fluffy light with real satisfying cheese flavor through and through it. It's a delight to folks who hanker for cheese these days. And of course, with Kraft Dinner, you make this marvelous macaroni and cheese in just seven minutes cooking time. You see, each package of Kraft Dinner gives you the special macaroni that gets tender and light just in boiling water. Never any heavy, starchy taste with Kraft Dinner macaroni. The box also gives you a big, generous packet of golden Kraft grated. It puts really swell cheese flavor through and through that macaroni in a jiffy. So try the new Kraft Dinner tomorrow. You'd better get several packages so you'll have some on the pantry shelf, ready to cook really marvelous macaroni and cheese in just seven minutes. (laughs) Let's return to Summerfield and the Great Gildersleeve. Comes the dawn of Tuesday, November 7th, and what a day for an election. Since early morning, the rain has come down in torrents. Gildersleeve has spent a good part of the day standing at the front window waiting for the rain to let up and trying to summon up enough enterprise to go out in it. Now, in desperation, he goes to the phone and calls up Judge Hooker. Hello, Judge.
7: Yeah, fine day for ducks. Look, Judge, I've been thinking. As long as the weather is so bad and you and I are going to vote on opposite sides anyway... Why don't we make a deal? If you don't go to the polls, I won't go to the polls. In that way, we'll just cancel each other out. Yeah, how about it? Great. No use getting wet for nothing. Okay, Judge. Consider your vote canceled. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. If I don't watch out, I'm going to be a genius. Why didn't I think of that before? Now I can go take a nap with a clear conscience.
2: You mean you're not going to vote? You're not going to vote at all?
7: Well, I don't need to, my dear.
2: Yeah, it may be better than voting for Terwilliger at that.
7: <laughs> the judge and I see just opposite on everything. So by staying away from the polls, we merely cancel out each other's vote.
2: What if everybody in the country were as lazy as that?
7: Laziness has nothing to do with it. Plain common sense. You see what the weather's like? man could catch cold out there. <coughs> it's our duty in these times to... <laughs> our duty in these times to guard our health. Besides, I'm down to my last A ticket. Uh,
9: excuse me if I go out the front way, Mr. Gilsey. There's a lake around the back, stoop.
7: Oh? Where are you going, Bertie? Going out to vote. I told you, Bertie. If you wait a little while, it'll clear up.
9: I've waited all I can wait. I'm going to get down there before they run out of ballots.
7: <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, Bertie. They got ballots enough for everybody.
9: I don't care. If I was to wait, maybe I'd get took with appendicitis or something, so I couldn't vote. But if you go out, you'll get wet. Oh, a little water never hurt nobody. Got my umbrella and got my glasses and I got my sample ballot.
7: Well, gosh, Bertie, I'd be glad to drive you down there, but I'm down to my last gas ticket. What's in the tank has got to last me till the new ones come due. Oh, that'll be all right, Mr. Gilsey. I don't mind. Tell you what, Bertie, why don't you and Lily B. do what Judge Hooker and I are doing? Just cancel out each
9: other's vote. No, Mr. if you can't talk me out of it. My mind's made up. I got my candidates and got my issues straight for once, and I'm ready. I got to vote while the spirit's on me. (laughs) Yes, sir, I'm exercising my franchise. Hallelujah! (laughs)
7: Yes, yeah, she's a fine woman. Fine woman. Well, what are you children staring at? I'd have driven her down there, only I haven't got any gas. None to speak of. Don't you see, if the judge doesn't vote and I don't vote, it comes out even, just the same, doesn't it? Marjorie, go upstairs and write a letter or something, will you? You make me
2: nervous. I'm going. Don't worry. Only wish I were 21, that's all.
7: (laughs) Well, Leroy?
3: I didn't say anything. I know. It's
7: not like you. Go play in the cellar or something, will you? I'd like to be alone.
3: Can I use your saw?
7: Anything. Only don't stand around there watching
3: me. Okay. I got an idea for a super machine gun.
7: Don't saw any nails. Yes, yes. What a day. Rain, rain, rain. Would have been a decent day. Would have been different. Be glad to vote. A day like this, man could catch cold. Little Leroy. Leroy! <laughs> That's the last time he uses my saw. The front door. Well, wonder who that is.
13: Excuse me, do you have the boss?
7: Oh, yes. Come in,
13: quickly. Yeah, I just wiped the feet.
7: Uh, hurry up, it's wet. Oh, <laughs> those are my pants.
13: All cleaned and pressed. I cover with newspaper so it doesn't get wet.
7: Oh, well, fine.
13: Right. <laughs> thank you. How much is that? It's 75 cents. Uh, let's see if I got it here. Quite a day, isn't it? Oh, it's a fine day. Huh? Well, a little rain, but who cares? You know something? Today I'm an American. To, what? Oh, you mean you're a citizen? Oh, I got my citizen papers eight months ago. But today, for the first time, I vote. Oh. That's a great thing, you know, to vote. Yeah, guess it is. Sure. In the country I come from, nobody votes. There a man doesn't even open his mouth. And why? He's afraid. Here, nobody is afraid. He votes, so I vote.
7: Well, that's fine.
13: Sure, six o'clock this morning I vote. Maybe it rains a little, what do I care? They open the polls, I'm the first man in. The first man in Summerfield to vote. That's me, Morgan. Uh, what'd you say your name was? Well, uh, my real name, it's a little difficult. Uh, Megunin. Who can say that, so I choose a nice American name. Morgan. What was wrong with Rockefeller. Uh, Rockefeller, Uh, that's a little hard for some people to say, too. What's the difference? My friends call me Leo, so that's how I vote. Leo Morgan. You know, I'm so excited. I walk in there and I say, good morning. I've come to vote. So they say, just a minute, what is your name? Like I was a foreigner or something. So I say, Leo Morgan, I'm a citizen. So then they look in a big book and I'm getting worried. Maybe they forgot me. Maybe I didn't do something I should Oh, I'm so worried. And then, what do you think? I'm in the book. Great. Yeah, me, Morgan. (laughs) Me, Morgan, I'm in the book. So I sign my name. I did I did I. And the gentleman, he gives me a big ballot all my own, and he takes me to a little, uh, like a little room. Uh, A booth. Uh, That's right, a booth. All by myself. Nobody else. It's fine. The gentleman says to me, take your time. I say, thank you very much. And he pulls the curtains, I won't be bothered. Such privacy. I'm not used to it. At home, we used to sleep far in a room. So, uh, I'm all alone in there.
5: I did, I did, I... <laughs>
13: I... take my time and I look over my ballot and I vote. Maybe I didn't vote right, but I voted. And whoever gets elected,
7: that's my president. Well, Morgan, by George, you're all right.
13: Sure, I'm all right. And I'll tell you another thing. This country is all right.
7: Hey, Uncle. Oh, oh, Leroy. Uh, come here, my boy. You know Mr. Uh, Morgan here?
5: Oh,
13: hi! <laughs> Your boy?
7: Uh, he's my nephew.
13: Fine boy. He'll be voting, too, one of these days, huh? Uh,
7: yes, I suppose so.
13: Yeah, I got a son, a Gregory. A Gregor. A little younger. He goes to school.
3: Gregory. Him. He's in the foray. A little punk.
13: Yeah, a little punk.
5: Yeah, I know him.
13: That's Mike Gregory. Well, I, I should be leaving. I talked
7: too much. Oh, not at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm very glad you dropped in, Mr. You
13: oh, get so excited, I forget the pants. Here. Oh, yes, thanks. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, goodbye. What's
3: the matter,
7: Unc? Uh, Nothing, Leroy. I wonder if you'd be good enough to run upstairs to my room and get my car keys.
3: Sure. You going someplace, Unc?
7: Yes, Leroy. I'm going to vote.
3: Yeah! Can I go with you? I don't see why not. Hey, hey, hey wait. What about Judge Hooker?
7: Uh, Hooker? What about him?
3: Well, you made a deal, didn't you? Are you going to tell the judge you're voting?
7: There's an old saying, Leroy, invented by Judge Hooker. Quote, all's fair in love and politics. Unquote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
7: hey, Floyd, close up the barbershop and get in the car. I'll take you to the polls.
10: I'm still voting for Artie Welch, you know. I don't
7: care if you're voting for McKinley. Come on and vote. <laughs> Come on, fold up your umbrella, P.B., and get in. Oh,
11: thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. By the way, I'm voting
7: for... I don't care, P.B., this is a nonpartisan, patriotic bus service. Here we go. <laughs> Put on your old gray bonnet with the blue ribbon, the blue ribbon on, on it, it and, and we'll so far into the, the Well, here's my ballot, Mrs. Farquhar. Do uh, do I have to fold it?
12: Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve, right up to the dotted line.
7: Oh, yes. Well, thank you. Well, I feel like a citizen. Uh, You know, Mrs. F., I pulled a fast one on Judge Hooker. He and I were going to vote opposite ways, so I made a deal with him that neither of us would vote.
12: Oh, you shouldn't do that. No good citizen would.
7: I know that, Mrs. Farquhar, but all's fair in love and politics. Besides, if I'm patriotic and the judge isn't, well, that's just too bad.
12: Don't worry about the judge's patriotism. He voted at 9 o'clock this morning.
14: (laughs) Why, that double-crosser. He isn't patriotic. He's just a crook.
0: Welcome back to Yesterday Today. You'll have to excuse us as our studio has suddenly become the campaign headquarters for Mondo. Quiet, time for the speech. (coughs) Me friends,
4: and you is me friends, this is the most important election of our lifetimes. Probably since even the last important election of our lifetimes. Because this time, Mondo is running. And if me win, that would make me happy. So this is an important election.
1: Fantastic stuff there, Mondo. However, we are... Now tell him you're a man of the people. Me is a man of the people. Tell him you you care about the issues. Me is
4: care about the issues.
1: Now launch into a heartfelt personal story.
4: Uh, uh, for breakfast this morning, me had a waffle. It was
1: okay. Perfect. Uh, Mondo, sorry to interrupt. I don't recall giving you permission to give a speech on our show. Quiet, he's on a roll. Me is
4: promising a chicken in every pot. Maybe even two chickens. Who's to say that that the average man on the street can't have three chickens in a pot? I'm sorry, Mr. Mondo, but you are out of time. As many chickens as can fit into a pot, that is what you should have. We should probably even have, like, even more pots so that we can fit more
0: chickens into them. That's time, Mr. Mondo. Time, time.
1: What is this? Are you trying to silence a candidate? Whatever happened to fair and open elections in this country? Whatever happened to the free flow of information? Of the ability to hear a politician plead his case before his constituents without the spread of misinformation? What kind of authoritarian regime are you running on this little radio show? Uh, Sydney, you, you can't just accuse people of spreading misinformation when they say things you don't like. <laughs> what do you mean? That's, that's what I got into politics for. Uh-huh. Well, I suggest you work on your messaging. In the meantime, we have an episode of the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. And, uh, uh Sydney, I, I recommend you get Mondo into a suit that actually fits him. I'm, I'm just now realizing that that is probably the tightest fitting garment I have ever seen on a human being. It trims down me felt figure.
15: Yeah. It is four o'clock in the Harris household and the children have just arrived home from school. They're an hour late, and Phil and Alice are a little upset.
16: Well, it's about time you children got home. Where have you been? Yeah, why were you so late?
3: The teacher kept us after school, Daddy. Yeah, she said the homework we did last night was all wrong.
14: So? (laughs) (laughs) My children can't grasp the simple things they teach in the elementary grades. The trouble is, you don't pay no attention. You think you know everything. You won't listen to your elders. Now, after this, if you have any trouble, come to me with your homework.
3: That's what we did last night, Dad.
14: <laughs> oh. And what makes your teacher so sure it was wrong?
3: She said George Washington was the first president, not Petrillo. <laughs>
14: Well, that's a moot point
3: Daddy, the teacher gave us these pamphlets for you to read Let me see
16: them, children Hmm, these might help you, Phil Political history of our country Current issues of the political campaign, party platforms Hold it,
14: Myrtle, hold it Just (laughs) Just take it easy You might not know it, but I don't have to read pamphlets to know what's going on in this country I'm right up to the minute on world affairs and current events, like every good American citizen should be.
16: Well, I'm glad you feel that way, because there's something I forgot to tell you. The election committee called, and they want us to help out at the election on Tuesday. Election? Mm-hmm. Somebody's running for something? <laughs>
5: well, we're
16: voting for a president. They want me to work at the polls, and they want you to go around the neighborhood and get the people to vote.
14: Oh, but, Alice, I can't be bothered with that stuff. Let somebody
16: else oh, do Phil, it. Oh, Phil, that's not the right attitude. This is an important election.
3: That's right, Daddy. The teacher says it's the duty of everyone to do their part. Please do it, Daddy. We'll be proud of you. You'll be running the election and helping to pick the president.
14: Yes, Phyllis, but I can Running the election, huh? <laughs> Picking a president, huh? Well, if it's up to me to pick him, we don't need no election. We'll call the whole thing off. I'll make big changes. Bill. yes, big changes. I'll make oh, a sir. clean sweep of the whole country.
16: Bill, the Bill, stop swinging your arms. If anybody came in and. Yes, back of me... sir, I'll sweep everything. Look what you did.
14: Oh, well, gee, I didn't know that anybody was in back of me.
16: It's my brother William. You knocked him out. <laughs>
14: Oh, as I was saying, I'll sweep
16: everybody... Phil, don't let him lie there. Help him up.
14: Okay, okay.
16: How is he, Phil? How is he? Is he unconscious?
14: With Willie, it's hard to tell. (laughs) Yeah, he's out all right, honey, but I'll bring him to him. Well,
16: hurry, Phil. Rub his wrist. Slap his face. Not with your fist. Oh,
14: all right. (laughs) Come on, Willie. Willie, come on. Snap out of it. Willie, come on. Snap... I'm sorry it happened. I didn't even know you were there, and I...
2: Uh, um...
14: Well, Willie, say something, Willie. Speak to me.
2: Good morning, Phil.
14: <laughs> For that, I had to bring him, too.
16: I'm glad you're all right, Willie. It was an accident. I don't believe it. I think he did it on purpose. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Phil would never hit you on purpose, would you, Phil? Nah. No. <laughs> He was just carried away with himself when I told him about his being appointed to the election committee.
14: Yes, sir, and they showed great judgment. Who could do a better job of getting those women out to vote? Why, I'll have them dames eaten out of my hand. All I got to do is call at their homes, turn on that Harris charm, and I'll have all hold them women it, coming... up.
16: To...
8: <laughs> Philip, frankly, I don't think the committee made a very wise choice. The importance of voting in this election should be explained to the people, and I don't think you're capable of doing it. Well, I doubt if you even know who's running.
14: I don't know who's... Oh, Oglethorpe. <laughs> Homer J. Oglethorpe, please. Go buy yourself a new snuff box.
8: Let well, you know, answer me. Who is running?
14: Oh, you don't know, huh?
8: Well, of course I know. Among the candidates, Thomas E. Dewey, Harry Truman, Henry Wallace, Norman Thomas, and J. Strom
16: Thurmond.
11: But of course.
5: <laughs>
16: I hope you know, Phil. I didn't want to tell you, but several of the committee members questioned your ability to do the job. In fact, a few of them are coming over this scene They and question t- my ability. My ability.
5: Well. <laughs> this is...
14: This is the sort of a thing that cuts a man to the quick.
16: Bill, they're just coming over to find out if you're capable of handling it. You have to have a knowledge of politics in case people ask questions. Let them
14: ask questions. Let them ask questions. Let them interrogate me.
8: What was that last word?
14: Me. Yeah, me. Me. (laughs) I can explain to those people the importance of voting this year. It's the political issues involved which concern the, uh, well, the, uh... I'll get it. Glad that bell rang. I really don't know too much about this. There must be some way I can find out before election. Hi, Curly. Frankie! Hey! Hey, what do you know about politics?
17: Everything. <laughs> I probably know as much about politics as I do about music. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> now, if there's anything you want to know, just ask me. I'll take a chance. Now look, who
14: are you voting for in the presidential election?
17: I ain't voting. I don't believe in changing presidents. Well, some people think we should. Well, that's because they haven't followed the career of our president as closely as I have. I say the man's doing a good job. And as long as he continues to do a good job, let's keep Hoover there.
14: Frankie. Yes? Mr. Truman is the president of the United States, not Hoover.
5: Oh, of course.
14: I was thinking of Canada.
17: (laughs) (laughs) Now, is there anything else you want to know?
14: Yeah. Have you seen a doctor about that slow leak in your head? (laughs) Look, Remley, I'm on the election committee, and they're coming over tonight to find out what
17: I know about the different parties. Curly, your education's been sadly neglected. Didn't you learn anything in school? First thing they taught me was that there are two major parties, the Whigs and the Tories. (laughs) Those two I know about.
14: There's more? (laughs) Well, there must be. There are a lot of other fellas running this year. There's Harry Truman, Thomas E. Dewey, Henry Wallace, J. Strom Thurman, and Thomas. Thomas? John Charles. Look, Remley, you know even less than I do about this And it's our duty to find out about it I hope you realize the importance of
17: voting Well, of course I do Look at my poor father One year he didn't vote and they passed Prohibition And what's wrong with Prohibition?
14: I mean, worse things than that can happen Like having an atom bomb go off in your hand or something I mean, after all, Remley, you don't know anything. Don't you know anybody that I can talk to who
17: knows politics? Well, why do you have to ask somebody about politics? Books have been written on the subject. You must have one in the house. Yeah, yeah, we must have. Hey, hmm? Let's look at my book collection and see. Your book collection?
14: (laughs) Naturally. I have quite an extensive library. Mm -hmm. There they are. Go ahead. Look for yourself. Oh.
17: Ruby out of Omer Kayan <laughs> Emerson's Essays Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire Masochistic Tendencies of the Malayan That one was excellent
14: <laughs> A smasher You liked it, huh? Well, that and Homer's Iliad I, I just couldn't put them down I, I suggest you read it, Mr. Remley Yes, maybe I
5: would No I'll wait
17: till I make the picture Let's see what else you got here The architectural influence of the Elizabethan era The Rover Boys at Tehachapi Curl Alice, she goes for that light, frothy stuff Uh-huh, of course, of course Ah, here's a book that'll help us, Curly. The Machination of Political Regimes During the Industrial Revolution. Ideal for our purpose, Mr. Remley. Right. Now, let's see. Uh-uh. What's the matter? Uh-uh.
14: Hey, Remley. What? We'll never understand this. The words are too big and complicated oh, Phil, for us. Phil,
16: I. Oh, hello, Frank. Hi, yes.
14: Alice. Hey, Alice. I've been thinking about it, and. Hey, uh. Maybe I shouldn't serve on that committee.
16: Oh, but, Phil, I think you should. It's important to call at people's homes and get them out to vote.
14: I know that, but they're going to ask me questions, and if I can't answer them, they won't even let me in their homes.
16: Hey, Curly, I got
17: an idea. Why don't you practice on Alice and me? Pretend we're a married couple and you're trying to get us to vote.
14: Okay, Remley, I'll... Wait a minute. (laughs) You and Alice are married? Mm -hmm. I don't like that.
17: (laughs) Don't be a child. We're only playing house. (laughs) Go on now, you go to the door and ring the bell All right, I'll try it once Okay, Alice Now we'll make like we're a married couple Mm -hmm. You put your head on my shoulder All
16: right
17: I'll put my arm around you
14: like Mm
16: -hmm.
17: this You comfy, dear? Mm
16: -hmm. Yes, darling
14: Wait! (laughs) We ain't gonna do it that way, (laughs) Remley.
17: Please, don't tell me how to play house. (laughs) Now, go on. You you go outside and ring the bell, and I'll let you in. And let me in fast, brother.
14: (laughs) I don't want no pause between me and the bell ring.
5: (laughs) And the door opening. Let's make it all
14: work fast. All (laughs) right,
5: All right, oh, but see
14: boy. you get the door open. I'm oh, going to
17: try. No louse, Dad. Oh, no
5: louse. <laughs> Look,
17: Alice, we got to make it tough for Curly. Yeah. We'll pretend we're not interested in voting, and it's up to him to convince us that we should. Uh-huh.
3: Miss Fay, I brought your groceries in the kitchen. Oh, thanks, Julius. Hi, Mr. Emily. Where's Mr. Harris? All right,
17: beat it, kid. We're busy. <laughs> Go on, Scram. Scram!
3: Stop pushing, Mac. I'll go. I ain't overjoyed at the prospect of your company anyway.
17: Someone's at the door, darling.
3: Well, answer it, sweetie pie. Go
17: away, will you? I'm talking, to Alice. Is someone at the door,
16: Angel? I'll get it, honey.
17: Let's get it together, sweetheart. <laughs>
3: Honey, sweetheart, this is certainly a nauseating situation. i better sneak up and find out what's going on. I'll open the door, dearie.
17: Careful of your itty-bitty hands, cookie pie.
3: I don't know which is more nauseating the situation or the dialogue. Uh, hello. Uh-oh, it's Mr. Harris. Now the fireworks start. <laughs>
14: Madam, uh, my name is Phil Harris.
3: Does he have to introduce himself every time he comes home?
14: I'd like to talk to you, lady. May I come in?
3: Oh, not
16: now. I'm very busy. Come back some other time. Well,
14: uh, well, if I can't talk to you, may I talk to your
17: husband?
16: He's got to ask her if it's all right to talk to himself. <laughs> I'm sorry, but my husband is busy and Is there and somebody I... at the door, darling? I... Oh...
17: Well, and who is this?
5: How can he act so innocent? Oh, this is
16: Mr. Harris, darling. Oh? Mr. Harris, I'm Mrs. Harris. And this is my husband, Mr. Remley.
3: I guess I just don't understand these Hollywood marriages.
14: Wow. What's on your mind, Harris? Well, there's something I got to talk to you two about. There's something I must know.
3: Uh-oh, here's where the shooting starts.
14: <laughs> what do you want to know? Are you two voting next Tuesday?
3: <laughs> now there's a shrewd question. The <laughs> now, I can't stand no more of this. Mr. Harris, can't you see what's going on here?
14: Oh, Julius, what are you doing in here? He delivered the groceries. We thought he left.
3: You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Mr. Lindley. Calling Miss Faye cookie pie right in front of poor Mr. Harris.
14: Hey. (laughs) Hey, what do you know? (laughs) The kid's sticking up for me.
3: Sure, I'm sticking up for you. I can't let your wife do this to you just because you're a poor, broken-down old musician who ain't got enough... Never mind!
14: (laughs) Get off my side. (laughs) Now, beat it, will you, kid? Go on back to the grocery. Get out of it! All right. (laughs) Darn, kid spoiled the whole thing. Now we don't even... Oh... Well, I wasn't doing too well anyway.
16: Well, Phil, it might help you if, you if you read those pamphlets the children brought home from school. They explain the candidates, their platforms, and how the government is run in a very simple language. Yeah. The pamphlets.
14: Hey, come on, Frankie. We got just time to read them things before the committee gets here. Come on. See okay. you later, honey. See. Hey, Frankie. Did you finish reading all the pamphlets? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting, aren't they? If you say so. (laughs) Well, they are. According to these pamphlets, almost any kid in this country has a chance to grow up and be president. Not having any kids, I ain't interested. (laughs) But supposing you did. Just picture it, Frankie. Someday you get married, and after a year or two, the stork comes to your house, and who knows? The little one might grow up to be president.
17: Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah.
5: <laughs>
17: well, I'm the only stork that ever grew up to be president. <laughs> Look, Curly, forget my kid and think about your committee. They'll be here soon. Now, can you memorize everything you read? Well, I hope so. There's an awful lot to remember, though. All right, I'll brief you. First, our form of government is divided into three branches, legislative, executive, and Judiciary. You know all the candidates and their different platforms and of course you know that we don't elect our president through popular vote. We send members to the electoral college who in turn elect the president. You follow me? Yeah, I got most of it. But
14: <laughs> well, what was that stuff after you said, I'll brief you?
17: <laughs> I'll tell you once more. Government
14: is the... Wait a minute. Too late, Frankie. Now, there's the committee. Oh. I think I'll remember everything if they'll just start asking questions fast before I forget. Well, don't wait. Stop. I'm I'm talking start talking politics as soon
16: as they can. I in. Well, will. Phil, something... Phil, the committee is here. Uh, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Cohen, this is my husband, Mr. Harris.
14: How do you do, Mr. Harris? How are you, sir? Our government is divided into three branches. <laughs> the Legislative, the Executive, and the judiciary. <laughs>
16: How am I doing with my answers, Alice? Not bad, considering they haven't asked you any questions yet. (laughs) Uh, Won't you be seated, gentlemen? Uh,
15: Thank you, but we can't stay long. Uh, Now, Mr. Harris, we're merely here to find out if you're familiar with election procedure. We know you are, but some voters might ask silly questions like, how is a president elected? Well, that I know. Now, the president
14: is not elected by popular vote. Instead, we vote to send members to an electrical college. (laughs) And after they graduate from college, they vote for us, and that's why it takes four years to elect the president.
15: Yes. That's a very keen analysis.
5: Yeah. Isn't
17: it? Mr. Harris has a great brain.
15: Someday we hope to find out who graded it. (laughs) Mr. Harris, do you know anything at all about politics? Do you know who you're going to vote for yourself? Naturally, naturally. I've made up my mind, and I know exactly who I'm going to vote for. Uh, Well, off the record, I hope you're voting for Mr. Truman. Of course. Who else? I think Mr. Dewey is the better man. That's what I said. Mr. Dewey, by all means. (laughs) Of course, there are people who like Mr. Thurman. And
14: I'm one of those people. How do you feel about Lassie? You couldn't find a better man to cut that out.
15: (laughs) Mr. Harris, according to you, you're voting for three men. Do you think we should have three presidents at the same time? Why not? While one is joining Indian tribes and the second
14: one is out fishing, the third one can stay at the White House and get some work done.
15: (laughs) Mr. Johnson, I think we've heard enough. Shall we go? Yes,
5: yes.
15: (laughs) Mr. Harris, I don't think you're the man for the election committee. Unfortunately, we can't prevent you from voting yourself, but we... uh... (laughs) We can keep you from lousing up everybody else. Good night, sir.
16: Oh, but gentlemen, Mr. Harris. Good night,
15: Mrs. Harris. You have our deepest sympathy.
16: You didn't know what you were talking about at all. Well, I was trying to. Being was... on the committee isn't too important, but before you vote, I wish you'd find out more about the candidates.
14: You're right, Alice. You're absolutely right. And I'll admit, I don't know too much about them, and that it's our duty, and it's the duty of everyone, to vote intelligently on Tuesday. I'm going to start reading up on the candidates right now. No, me too. I didn't realize it before, but now I know it's important to pick the right man. Well, come on, Frankie. Let's study these facts. Now, this explains the platforms of Mr. Truman, Mr. Dewey, Mr. Wallace, Mr. Thurman, and Mr... Frankie, what are you doing?
17: Hmm? Well, I'm choosing the man I'm going to vote for. Well, how are you doing it? I'm putting all the names in a hat, and I'm going to pick one. (laughs) Oh, Remley, you can't do it that way. It's too late. I already picked the name out. Here it is. I'm voting for... Funny, I didn't even put this one in. (laughs) Who is it? Some guy named Stetson. You picked out the (laughs) label.
14: Remley, sit down. We're going to read this book right now.
1: Welcome back to Yesterday Today. You
0: just heard the Phil Harris Alice Face Show, and that wraps us up for now.
5: Hold it!
1: Hold it! Stop the presses! Hold Cease!
0: Sydney. whatever you're about to say, I don't think it warrants the frantic movements you're making and the crazed look in your eye.
1: <laughs> That's what you think! The early voting results are in! Look at this! Look at this! Oh, okay. Oh, oh, my. Oh. Oh, is, is Mondo winning? <laughs> winning nothing! With a lead like this, he's got the race just about ramped up! Mondo's gonna be elected! His relatable image and common sense message resonated with the average man!
0: I... I don't understand any part of this.
1: Oh, you don't have to understand it. Here, have a cigar.
0: A cigar?
1: Sure, a victory cigar. Nothing like celebrating a huge victory with a nice, flavorful cigar. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: Why do people smoke these? That's terrible. I think you stuck the wrong end in your mouth there. Yeah, whatever.
4: Make way, make way, here comes the man of the people, the people's choice, the the people's person to elect to the people's office, the highest one in the land, whatever office it is.
1: <laughs> there he is, the newest elected official in town.
4: Oh, wait, wait, wait what, you, what, are you, what are you talking about?
1: Oh, look right here, see? You've got this race all wrapped up. Oh, 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 oh. come on. What's wrong? You know, we're winning, see? Have a cigar. Have, have all of them, actually. I, mean, I don't really want them.
4: You don't understand. Me Me was an outsider. Me me was a rabble rousing yo uh, populist. Now now that me's elected, me. Me's just like every other Korean politician. Me me is a sellout. Oh the that, that, that's it. Me me dropping out. It it was a hard fought race, but this is the end of the Mondo campaign. Uh police clap. But, Mondo! No, no. it It's too late. M- me is gonna go get a book deal and uh, see if me can get someone to ghostwrite me memoirs about me, me political career. Okay, bye-bye. M-
1: mondo <sighs> The end of a bright political career. Yeah, they say a candle that burns twice as bright lasts half as long. Yeah, and you now
0: my career as a political
1: kingmaker's gone up in smoke, too.
0: Well, the good news is, while you were gone, your job as a janitor has been waiting for you this whole time.
5: Hmm.
1: Actually, you know what? I really should start packing for my trip to Maisie's for Thanksgiving. I really gotta get going. See ya, fellas! Yeah, Sydney, Thanksgiving isn't for
0: three weeks. Get back here and. He's just as slippery as a politician. You got me there. Well, folks, if you want more yesterday today, go to KISU.org or wherever you get your fine podcasts. That's right.
1: Next week on the show, we begin our Thanksgiving-themed episode, so you'll want to be here for that. In the meantime, have a nice week.
13: My boy, the papers have a name for it. It's politics. Yes, it's politics. Filthy politics. If you can treat the general public like a bunch of pigs, you're in politics. Yes, sir. The occupation that's designed for you is politics. Often called a fix. But it's politics. If you can mingle with the Dutchman and the Irish mix, you're in politics. politics. The head. You spell it P O
14: L I
6: T I
0: C S.
14: My platform is a
6: chicken for every pot. That's politics. politics. What the hell?